So welcome to the Libraries Transform Texas podcast, where we showcase the value of Texas librarians and libraries. I'm Linda Stevens with Harris County Public Library. Today we're speaking with Dr. Noah Lindstra about our topic for this episode, which is public library initiatives for healthy eating and active living. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Noah. Hi, Linda. Yeah, thanks uh, for inviting me and I'm really happy to be here. Well, for our audience, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you to working on health initiatives for libraries? Yeah, so um, uh, uh, just this context, I currently live in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a city of about a third of a, third of a million. But um, I actually grew up in a really rural uh, part of the country in northwest Illinois. Um, and uh, have just, uh, yeah, the library was kind of uh, a key uh, community center for me growing up. Uh, first place I used technology and just um, had, we had like a library lock-in, uh, <laughs> spend the night at the library. Um, and so I've always really seen uh, a library as kind of a center of community um, as much as uh, a center for uh, reading and literacy. Um, and so, um, yeah, just uh, I think uh, as, as I finished my PhD uh, in library and information science at the University of Illinois um, and moved uh, to here, uh, University of North Carolina um, uh, and became a professor um, of library and information science, um, I really wanted to do work uh, that connected um, libraries to communities uh, in powerful ways. Um, and we'll probably get more into that, uh, but I, I, I took your question and went a little bit off topic. But yeah, I'm an I'm a assistant professor of library and information science here at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro with a, a deep and lifelong love of libraries and in the roles of librarians and communities. I, I wonder how many of us went to the lock-in as teenagers or yeah. uh, the nearest thing that we had. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I first came across what you your work in, in the project Let's Move in Libraries. I think I first saw it on Facebook. Can you tell us a little about that project and what you did there? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So this, uh, just uh, for your listeners, if they uh, are not familiar with the idea of let's move, uh, this was something that former First Lady Michelle Obama uh, started um, during the Obama presidency. And for, from 2010 to 2016, uh, she really made it her priority to um, encourage uh, healthy living, um, healthy eating and active living. Um, uh, utilizing all all the different facets of the federal government, uh, including the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Um, and with libraries, uh, her big thing was uh, encouraging library participation in the, uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture summer feeding program. Um, but uh, as the Obama presidency kind of winded down, so too did the Let's Move initiative. Um, and so I asked, uh, I reached out to the IMLS and asked, is this trademarked? Um, <laughs> and they said, no, it's not. Um, and so I said, well, I, I think I'm gonna start something called Let's Move in Libraries. Uh, and there was no objections. Um, and really since then, it's just been kind of, uh, I would say an extension slash spinoff of um, former First Lady Michelle Obama's initial project really, um, uh, a space to advocate uh, and to really push uh, the agenda forward in terms of what uh, public librarians can do to, to work with community partners to, um, 
yeah, to promote uh, healthy living and, and preventative health and just those those kind of core um, access to, to kind of information and, and education uh, and in some cases uh, things like food um, that people really need to, to live uh, their best lives. Yeah, and I mean, it, I think it's really um, honored the legacy because I'm, I'm still getting ideas and, and being awed and, and wanting to replicate things that I see there. Oh, thank you. I'm really, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, it's been kind of a labor of love for me uh, since 2016, and I've really put uh, <laughs> a lot of myself into it. So it really, it really means a lot to hear that. Well, I don't know how you have any extra hours in the day. Uh, <laughs> you're a busy man. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess my my next question would be: Can you share with us some of the best programs that you've seen um, that do this kind of work in public libraries? Yeah, and that that's a that's a great question, and and I sometimes get asked that, and it's always a little bit hard for me to to give kind of uh, an answer that's kind of singular because I really think the best programs are, are programs where where librarians are really um, utilizing the resources that they have in their communities. Um, and, and I'll just uh, give you an example. As I'm sure you know, um, in, in the Harris County Library, uh, one of your branches, the Aldine branch, uh, as you know, um, it's kind of located um, relatively close to one of the largest uh, skate parks in the country. Um, and yet, uh, for a lot of the low-income youth who live in that neighborhood, uh, the skate park is, is kind of out of reach and, and not not heavily used um and so uh that the program that they did to kind of um uh, work with a skate park and a skate shop to kind of teach uh, teach teenagers about the basics of skateboarding and then they actually make a skateboard so it has kind of makerspace component and by the end of uh, this week-long program everyone is uh, best friends and <laughs> knows about skateboarding and knows about the skate park it's really um, I mean that that uh, is, is really what I would uh, point to as kind of in a great example of kind of a library really utilizing the resources that exist um, and so it's a little bit hard for me to say um, um, kind of what are the best programs because I think the best programs are, are really unique to, to local spaces um, and I always try to just encourage people to yeah look around and talk to people and, and what's what's in your community and I think in, in every community even even the most small rural communities there's going to be some some resources that you can tap into um, I mean, just shifting from Harris County to, to Jeff Davis County over in West Texas, um, uh, they've been uh, doing an amazing project right now kind of with um, uh, a food pantry in, in this very, very rural um, part of West Texas um, to create kind of a, a, a food a food a mobile food bank slash uh, bookmobile so it's slash kind of wi-fi access point so and it's really uh, a result of kind of yeah the gwen grimes the librarian there really really looking around and talking to people in her community and seeing what 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 she could do so it's just yeah i think it's just always about kind of um how are librarians kind of uh, working with others to to really do something that's unique to their community rather than kind of a best a best practice program if that makes sense oh it does i mean you know there's sort of two elements there you're looking to see um, what could benefit the people in your community and you're also always um eyeing who is a possible community mm -hmm. partner to help you make this happen 
Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so an eye to community needs and an eye to community partners and and then, uh, yeah, working with those partners to connect the dots uh, to kind of, uh, yeah, better, better serve the community. So this is uh, something that's been on my mind recently, um, where the phase that we are now uh, in the pandemic is many of us have not done in-person mm -hmm. in programming or we've been diminished um, greatly mm -hmm. and we're just now bringing it back. Um, but it's taken its toll on all of us. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for us, you know, how to bring our energy back to that program that's so important to the community? Yeah. Um and I, I, I definitely think um, that's that's uh, a topic a lot of people are thinking about. Um, and and I would really um, encourage us to not necessarily rush back to to what what we were doing before the pandemic as much as uh, I've been thinking a lot about how can we really um, harness kind of the lessons of the pandemic in ways that um, um, yeah, really, really allow us to kind of, um, as best we can, not not lose kind of uh, lessons learned during the last two years. Um, and so, so when, when I think about the return to in-person programming, uh, the thing that I really think a lot about is uh, just all the amazing ways that that libraries um, utilized outdoor spaces uh, in new and creative ways during the pandemic. Um, and I'll just give you an example. So, with my colleague uh, Katie Campana of Kent State uh, University in Ohio. We, we circulated a survey on um, uh, how public librarians utilized outdoor spaces during summer 2021. Um, and uh, one of the most interesting questions from that we asked on the survey, have, have you uh, at your library renovated um, any outdoor spaces uh, that you own uh, during the pandemic? Um, and somewhat surprisingly, one, one out of every six uh, respondents said that they had. Um, and so I think uh, whether it's through uh, story walks or gardening, um, uh, farmers markets, I think there's just been just a real uh, recognition that uh, we can do a lot uh, outside, both in, in the spaces we own and in other spaces. Um, and I think that's uh, that's something I think a lot about when when I think about the return to in-person programming. Um, um, but 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 you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people are are really eager to to start doing things uh, in the building again. Um, and and my my advice is, would be to just really take it slow and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah continue. And, and I think for for a while we're going to be in this this moment um, of kind of uh, yeah using using all modalities. So uh, I pretty um, in-person in-building programming. We'll probably have some in-person outside programming. Uh, we'll probably have uh, a con continued virtual programming. Um, and I think it's going to be um, it's going to be different. It's going to be new. Um, it's going to be a challenge, but I also think it's going to enable us to kind of reach people um, in new and in powerful ways that um, we're only beginning to understand. I, I kind of like that thinking of of our new new normal of of all of this different picking the best format for what what suits you what you've got going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no, I and yeah, like I said, I mean, I grew up in a rural rural America, and and even with kind of uh, 
high-speed internet being an issue. My mom, she lives out in the country, I mean, about um, a few miles outside of town, um, and uh, she's older and, and really doesn't like driving at night. So for her, kind of the, the ability to log into Zoom and kind of um, engage her book club um, uh, has been a, a real godsend. Uh, she hasn't had to drive at night. She said um, she hopes the library will continue to do the, the virtual book club because uh, she really doesn't know if she's going to be able to continue participating if, if it means um, <laughs> having to drive into town in kind of a, a cold, wintry December. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's really. It's, we're in a really interesting moment, and I yeah, I would I would really encourage us to not kind of just rush back to <laughs> doing things the way we were before the pandemic. But yeah, like you said, that that new new normal, and and really, really really take our time figuring out how how to how to do things um, in in a way that may be different than what we were doing before, but may also um, enable us to to reach people in new and impactful ways. Well, thank you. That that's uh, inspiring. I think. Um, so I guess switching gears a little bit, um, you received a grant from IMLS to work on a project called the Heal Project. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about that? Yeah. So this is uh, just. So I'll, I'll try to I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. So um, <laughs> so as I when I started uh, Let's Move in Libraries in 2016, um, I in a way I was kind of uh, a babe in the woods, so to speak. I mean I didn't ha really have any any firm background in the field of public health. Uh, my dissertation was on kind of digital inclusion and older adults and collaborations between senior centers and public libraries. So I'd done a lot of work on kind of community engagement, community partnerships, but wasn't really <laughs> super well versed in kind of the the yeah the the concerns of public health and so I kind of learned as I went um, and over the time talking with a lot of people from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and kind of other other public health agencies um, I learned a lot more about kind of what in the public health vernacular they called HEAL or healthy eating active living and just um, the, the the recognition that kind of um, how we move and, and how we eat are just so foundational to our overall health and the health of our communities. Um, and so this this project, Heal at the Library, um, is really a, an effort to understand um, how public librarians uh, in 18 communities across the country um, are working collaboratively with partners uh, to advance um, uh, community goals relating to food and physical activity. Um, and I would say for me, the most innovative and and, and really the most uh, impactful part of the project um, has been the opportunity to talk with uh, people from outside organizations who work with librarians. It's kind of um, it's a new new perspective on libraries, understanding libraries um, from the perspective of, of the different organizations that work with them in, in public health and parks and recreation and organization organizations like Rotary and, and the, the Master Gardener program. Program and just um, so uh, we we finished our interviews or most of our interviews um, in uh, in summer 2021 and we're really deep in terms of uh, really unpacking and analyzing the interviews and and kind of uh, generating uh, findings. But but I would say um, without a doubt, kind of one of the the key findings that we're we're making is really kind of ties back to where we began in terms of really um, understanding how how librarians and their partners are really figuring 
figuring out um, in communities across the country how to how to leverage the different assets and resources that they have um, so that they can do more together uh, than they could possibly do by themselves. And and I think that's really, really remarkable. And, and our goal now is to really uh, um, transform these findings into into something that librarians and and others uh, potential partners could use to, to transform relationships um, and so uh, in addition to the more academic findings um, we're also in the very early stages of developing a toolkit um, to do do this work um, and we given our focus on <laughs> on food and physical activity we're using the metaphor of of the garden so um, and and I'll just quickly share uh, one of the one of the key kind of stories that I love sharing with people to illustrate this idea of of kind of the garden uh, comes from Seabrook Texas um, uh, one of your branches there uh, in the Harris County Library um, the Evelyn Meadow uh, branch. Yeah, Evelyn Meadows branch. That's exactly right. And and how the the librarian there, um, uh, she planted the seed uh, in in kind of a, a real way um, um, uh, uh, about this idea of kind of transforming the outdoor space uh, uh, by her library in a way that would promote uh, access to information around kind of uh, how to grow your own food and and the importance of fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and and she recognized the branch librarian they are recognized this is not something that she could do on her own um which i think is very smart and so her 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 approach of kind of getting this uh initiative going was to plant the seed um in the minds of potential partners um so she went and spoke uh, to uh, a rotary meeting uh, the rotary club of seabrook um and gave her her spiel about the library and <laughs> all the electronic resources the library has and how they can help small businesses um and sign up for a library card and then she kind of just uh, added to her speech and oh by the way we want to start a community garden <laughs> and so she she planted the seed um and the mayor of seabrook happened to be at that meeting um and uh and so uh, i think a, a few weeks or a few months later um uh um, a, a different community organization came to the mayor and said hey hey mayor of seabrook um we'd like to start a community garden um and the mayor said oh i need to connect you with the library um i just but it, and so then uh, they got connected uh, the librarian and the community group got connected and, and they worked together and they met uh, every every thursday i can't remember if it was every weekly or monthly but they met regularly um kind of hashed out the deal details developed a business plan uh figured out who was going to do what um and most of the the real kind of outdoor manual labor was not done by the librarians it was done by by the partners um and they started small with an herb garden and then expanded to kind of uh, vegetables um and most recently during the pandemic um planted a, a kind of uh, fruit fruit um fruit tree kind of uh, with with fruit trees kind of uh, uh, attuned to the local climate in, in Seabrook, Texas. Um, but what I love about that story is that um, it really illustrates kind of the, the principles that we're trying to convey uh, in our, our, our toolkit, which is you plant the seeds, um, you kind of nurture those seedlings, uh, and in this case, they nurture the seedling, seedlings in the forms of kind of these regular meetings with their partner, um, and then they, they kind of harvested their bounty, uh, in this case, literally, <laughs> in the form of kind of, uh, yeah, things coming out of the soil, um, and, uh, and yeah, and extending it even further 
further, um, when I talked with the Brains Librarian, she shared with me about how they've used kind of their, their kind of outdoor learning uh, environment as an opportunity for collaboration with kind of adjacent schools. Um, and just uh, it's really been a big catalyst for even further, further partnerships. Um, and so uh, anyway, it's just, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, we're, we're kind of with, with uh, we, now that we've done our interviews, um, we're both trying to understand kind of what factors have led to success um, in terms of these, uh, these different initiatives and also trying to um, really take, take what we found, which I think is, is remarkable from my vantage point, the stories that I've heard are just so incredible um, and take that information and, and kind of repurpose it in a way that uh, it would inspire others to, um, yeah, do, do similar work in their own communities. I mean, always, I guess, always start the conversation. Sounds like the lesson from Milagros. Exactly. Always start the conversation that you're exactly right. And, and sometimes I'll even say that like um, you you can do a lot if you're if you're uh, having conversations with people, but you can't do much of anything if you're not um, if you're not uh, talking with people. That's so true. Uh, so what's next for you? Yeah, so um, like I said, we're really deep in <laughs> in terms of our kind of uh, going through. In the end, we we collected around um, oh gosh, I think it was 140 interviews, uh, 60 60 partners, so 60 interviews with partners and and about 80 with uh, with librarians. So we're uh, I have some graduate assistants that that are really going uh, through through all the interview transcripts, um, and we're we're developing this toolkit. We're developing kind of case studies uh, that tell the stories of these different communities, um, and so. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago at the Association for Rural and Small Libraries, um, I kind of presented uh, <laughs> a very uh, kind of beta tested um, my uh, little tool toolkit with uh, a session on team up with with the community. Um, and that's that's really where where I'm so I'm going to keep kind of uh, sharing that. And and I would say that the one biggest shift uh, in my in my approach um, when 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 we started this and when I started Let's Move in Libraries in 2016, um, I I was really thinking more about uh, programs, programs that libraries could offer. Um, and I, I'm still obviously very interested in programming, um, but uh, I would say probably the, the main thing that uh, my attention has really shifted to was kind of the partnerships, because uh, in my in my uh, mind, um, and what I found uh, empirically is that um, uh, these partnerships are really uh, foundational. You, you Librarians really cannot do these super cool things uh, <laughs> that we've been discussing today without without partnerships um, and so really what uh, what information did librarians need to, to develop better and more impactful and more strategic partnerships um, and then secondarily uh, something I've been spending a lot of time recently on is what information do potential partners need about librarians um, so talking with people in the National Recreation and Park Association the American Public Health Association um, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, and really trying to raise the profile of librarians uh, as health partners at the national level um, is something I've been really uh, doing a lot at, at lately. Um, 
um, and I think uh, it's just really really needed. Um, and and just uh, just to kind of illustrate that need, um, in my interviews with with partners um, who work with librarians, one of the things that I was struck by is that so often in the partner interviews, partners kind of went through <laughs> a kind of personal journey of transformation um, over over uh, in in some cases many years of working with librarians uh, be before they started that relationship. Um, health partners often didn't really think about libraries or they thought of them as a place to go and get books or take your kids to story time. Um, and of course, <laughs> we love those things, uh, but but there's more to it than that. Um, and so uh, over time, partners often would begin to see libraries as these safe, uh, trusted resources. There are spaces that are always there and people trust and go to, um, and that makes them good locations uh, for, um, say, uh, dissemination of health information, um, or to have kind of community meetings. Um, and of course, that's great too, and, and we love that. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, over time, as, as partners uh, deepen their relationship with librarians, it, it goes even further than that. Uh, and at a certain point, librarians become, in the minds of these partners, uh, these trusted kind of vital partners. Um, and so uh, before uh, health partners do something new, they, they first go and talk to their librarian. Um, so it's kind of this, uh, uh, three-stage uh, transformation from from libraries is just about books um, to libraries is is passive spaces uh, to librarians as active agents um, and seeing that kind of uh, that transformation occur over and over again has really led me to think that we we have to <laughs> we have to do something about this we have to really uh, raise uh, at the national level really really think about what what uh, what could we do to really communicate that librarians um, have their fingers on the pulse of the community um, and should really be consulted um, by by basically anyone I think who's trying to to make their community a better place and to really yeah encourage uh, encourage folks to be reaching out to their librarians and, and picking their brains and finding ways to work with them um, so that that's <laughs> that's a lot but as you know I always have a lot of things and uh, irons in the fire but those are those are a few things that I'm hoping to to be really working on in the next uh, couple of years. Well, we're, I mean, I'm ready to uh, study what you're writing so that we can take it to our next budget meeting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, I, and I'm happy to share whatever. And, and like I said, um, uh, some of the things that we've discussed are kind of uh, in progress. Um, and I would just say for, for you and also for your listeners, um, I'm always available. One of the best things that I love about my job is the opportunity to, to talk with librarians uh, about anything they may be struggling with or just wanting help with. Um, so anyone out there listening, you can uh, reach out to me directly. Uh, it's just my last name. Lenstra at uncg.edu. Um. Well, thank you so much, Noah. Uh, thank you for sharing with us and, and for offering that opportunity to all of our listeners. Um, thank you, all of you who listen to the podcast. For more information about the Texas Library Association, please go to txla.org. Thank you. Please join us next month for our December episode where we'll discuss the benefits of Texas Library Association membership.